Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage. This is Tom and Tyler. We're excited to be here today. I love the show that we had yesterday, and I, I did a special treat for you today. Because we're in the studio together, last week we weren't, I took a shower today. I wanted to make sure that I smelled nice Well, I appreciate that, but you didn't bring me a valentine. And I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. Well, happy Valentine's Day to all our listeners here. And... Um, and uh, thanks for the reminder, though. Yeah, <laughs> you better get something for That's your sweetie. True, yeah. There. Wow. Yesterday, I thought we had an awesome show. Yesterday, we we got to talk about one of the main goals uh, that we have here at Fortress of Faith. I mean, we talk a lot about Islam and Muslims, and but the truth of the fact is, is there's a general fear that Christians have of Muslims, and what that does is it creates a a barrier between us being able to reach them and them being able to get saved and to see God's love and salvation. And so what an amazing goal I think that is that we have here that we talked about. And you preached a message last week that I was present for, and I thought it was great. It was There were some historical things in there that I did not know and that were very helpful to me about Jonah, and there was another one about Nahum. And so I want to hand it over to you today and see if we could elaborate a little bit on some of those discoveries you found. Well, yeah, I've been studying more about the Middle East and reading, you know, of that region, live out there, things that they're familiar with, we're not. Yeah. Because it's where they live. And one thing that they know out that area is that the tomb of Jonah is there mm -hmm. in Nineveh, which today is Mosul. And there's another prophet who preached to that region, to the city of Nineveh, and his name was Nahum. And his tomb is out there as well. So both of these missionaries, Jewish missionaries, you know, Jonah was the very first foreign missionary mm -hmm. that we ever see in the Bible, where God directed him to go to your enemy and preach salvation to these people here. I love them too, and I want them to repent, and I want them to be forgiven and to know grace. It, you know, the, the depth of God's love is amazing. But the prophet didn't want to do that. And <laughs> let me ask this. Why was it that Jonah had a problem going to Nineveh to preach this message? Okay, Nineveh is the capital city. It's a huge city. It was estimated 60,000 people lived there. The Bible says it took three days to travel through it. It's not mm -hmm. three days to get there. Trust me, it's 500 miles away. There's no way you can travel 500 miles in three days. Yeah. Okay, from where Israel is. And where Nineveh is, this is the capital city of the Assyrians. The Assyrians are vile, wicked people. I mean, the atrocities and things that they did and the wars that they were already having with Israel you know, caused a lot of hate and hurt you know, between these nations. And later they come and bring destruction yeah. to Israel and Judah and carry them off into captivity. But God still preaches to them and sends a missionary or calls one to go. Yeah. And Jonah, what does he do? He goes to Tarshish, 500 miles in the opposite direction. You know, he said, I'm not going there. I'm going to get as far as away as I can. Yeah. He don't want to be the man to take the gospel to people who he has a prejudice against. And there's a great message there for us because that kind of relates to us as Christians and Muslims. I mean, Muslims are those kind of people. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, what we talked about yesterday. What a wonderful story. Only four short chapters, but so many different truths you could pull from it. Number one, we we just touched on 
you know, even though they did all those terrible, vile things, God never forgot about it. He still loves and cares about them. Still sends some, one of his own people that to go there to, to try to, to turn and save these, these people. And, and then the second thing you mentioned, you know, you can't get away from, from God. You can no. go the opposite direction and you can do all those different things, but you're, you're never going to escape uh, the Lord. Well, as they say, you can run, but you can't hide. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think there's another message there. I mean, there's many things we could draw from Jonah's life. He, his sin, his mistake of trying to run from God uh, didn't affect just him. I mean, it almost brought death to the whole crew. Yeah. I mean, the whole crew, the ship was thinking, we're going to perish yeah. here. And Jonah realizes, hey, this storm is here because of me, guys. I'm, I'm disobeying God. I'm running. I know it. Here, for you to save your life, throw me over. I'm surprised he did that. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when you, when you realize uh, you're dealing with God here, God's dealing with you, yeah. there's, no, there's no escape. And so, and he knew, man, hey, this is me. I'm causing this. And so they tried to fight the storm and try, you know, they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to see him perish. But they realized, hey, you know, this is the only answer. So they throw him over. Then he's swallowed by the fish, whale, whatever, you know. And, and uh, you know, there's another great lesson for us. I don't believe Jonah could have been the man to do the job that God wanted him to do had he not gone through the mistake of trying to run from God. Mm, that's a good point. He learned some powerful lessons. I mean, this would probably affect him for the rest of his days. Can you imagine all the acids and stuff in his skin he was you know he was probably marred for the rest of his days yeah. however many days he had i don't know how long he lived after this he apparently died out there in nineveh maybe he didn't have the strength to get back home i, I don't know uh but he dies out there he wants to die in chapter four mm-hmm. we find here you know we find his prejudice you know i didn't want to go the reason why i didn't want to go because i knew you were a, a forgiving god that you would uh, forgive them instead of bring them judgment i wanted judgment on yeah. them and uh, and you brought them salvation. I didn't want that to happen. I, I like to the uh, kind of what you just alluded to. You know, I think we need to remember that as Christians that there's going to be many times where you go through things and you don't understand why, and it might be years before you ever figure out why. But God uses trials, tribulations, and stipulations that we go through in life to mold us into what He needs us to be to fulfill the work that He has for us to do. Yeah. So Jonah chose to make a mistake to run, mm-hmm. but I think God used it. God, you know, uh, designed for that mistake to be a preparing of the man so he could do the job. So he gets to, you know, to Nineveh. And, um, and so when he arrives, he preaches God's word and they repent. And now in chapter four, he's like, you know, God, kill me. He's mad. You know, <laughs> I, you know, and you know, and I've tried to figure. Out, and I don't think he died right away because the message had to be delivered back to Israel. Yeah. You know, we have the text, we have the scripture. I don't know if he wrote his own pen, wrote it down himself there, or if someone wrote it for him and delivered it there. Uh, but you know, we see he was suicidal in chapter four. He wanted to die. God, just go ahead and take me out of here. Why did he do that? I think, and I guess this is this is speculation completely on my part, but I don't think he wanted to return back to Israel. I don't want to be the man, you know, that brought revival to our enemy. He probably couldn't face his friends. I never thought it. I've never thought of that truth before. That that yeah. that he couldn't go back there. Maybe they wouldn't even accept him because of what he had done. Yeah, sympathizer, you know, helping yeah. the enemy, whatever type of thing. Uh, who knows why? For, for for whatever reason, he didn't go back. Yeah. And, uh, and who knows? Maybe he did go back. I mean, it's all speculation. Maybe he went back, delivered the message. 
But he, because of their repentance, maybe God completely really changed his heart and he went back to minister to them. Who knows? But we know that their repentance was short-lived. didn't last too, too long. They do eventually turn back to their gods and their sinful, wicked ways and their vile uh, living. And God does send another prophet. And we'll talk more about him in tomorrow's broadcast because I don't have the time to go through everything with Nahum because it's a very interesting part of when we get to Nahum and uh, the judgment there. But um, uh, for whatever reason, he dies. Now, here's what's interesting. When um, the tomb of Jonah and the tomb of Nahum are both around Mosul, one's in Mosul, one's north. Nahum is in Al-Kush, about 20 miles north. Mm -hmm. And as I was studying some of these things, and there's a missionary who lived in that area not too long ago. And of course, you need to understand, this land wasn't always under the hands of Islam. We had Christians who lived out there. Uh, the Byzantine Empire, uh, you know, the, the, many of them lived as Christians mm -hmm. in what is today Iraq, uh, Iran, Persia. Persia became a you know a, a influenced by Christianity as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Islam came along in the seventh century, in eighth century, and started conquering these lands and turning these Christian nations into Muslim nations, for all our days they've all been Muslim. You and I, we in our lifetime, we've known nothing else than them being as, as Islamic yeah. states. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't always that way. And so the tomb of Jonah had been protected and, um, and looked after for centuries. But when ISIS controlled that area here back in 2014 and 15, and they took over Mosul, the soldiers of the Islamic State found or looked for the tomb of Jonah and destroyed it there. They didn't find the tomb of Nahum. That has still been preserved. So, wow. So they, so they actually, so Jonah did die then probably in Nineveh. Yeah, yeah. According to historic record. The Bible doesn't tell us. We don't know. But historic record tells us he died there. His tomb has been there. And Christians have... Uh, preserved his tomb because I mean here's a character of the Bible that took the message to this foreign land of repentance and um, and so it was celebrated yeah and his tomb was and and of course during the Byzantine era you know they would take tombs of Bible people and whatever and turn them into almost places of where they worshiped you know, was it wrong? You know, it was wrong of them to do so. Worship the man, worship the tomb, worship the so on. There, as if as if they were holy sites, like you got something precious from it. So, Brother Wallace, why is this why is this so relevant to us today? You think these discoveries? Well, uh, when we get to Nahum, that's what's going to be very interesting uh, because there's something about Bible prophecy that's connected still. Something that God said is still going to happen. Hasn't yet happened. But is going to happen there in this region, in this very same place. Mm -hmm. God's still going to bring judgment. And what's interesting is that um, we see the enemy of Islam. I have ta taught for now over a decade how Islam is the Antichrist religion. Mm -hmm. And that the armies of the north, um, 
we speak of in the Bible of a king of the north and a king of the south, and they're going to war and bring judgment and bring you know a battle and destruction on Israel and try to wipe them off the face of the globe. That's exactly what ISIS was trying to do. That's what they thought they were performing, the 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 preaching of their holy text mm-hmm. from their prophet Muhammad told them that there would be an assembling of an army and bringing out the wiping out the Jews mm-hmm. from the world and it will start in right, right up there the town is called Dabik mm-hmm. and Dabik is where ISIS had set up their headquarters eh, not quite their headquarters but their printing message they had taken over that region in the plains of Dabik you could assemble thousands yeah tens of thousands of soldiers and prepare your march down south to destroy and the 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 thought is we've looked at the king of the north to be an established king all of a sudden a king established himself there al baghdadi mm-hmm. thought he was going to be the ruler the reestablishment of the khalifa there uh for that region and so um uh, tomorrow we'll we'll cut into more of that stuff and the, what the Bible says about that. Wow, that's good stuff. I'm excited to uh, hear tomorrow uh, what you have on that as well. And so again, we're here because we love God. We're here because we love people. We want um, we want to be able to reach people for Christ. And Muslims are some of the people that we want to reach and, and some that we're most scared of. And none of this could be possible, though, without the donors that we have and the listeners that we have that are so generous. If you feel God's leading in, in helping us in that regard, you can donate at fortressoffaith.com. There's a donation tab on there that you can use, or you could call us at 1-800-616-0082. We, so we're so glad that you joined us today, and uh, we love you, we care about you, and we can't wait to hear and speak to you next time. Uh, God bless you.